Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, last week on the Paracast, we were talking pretty much about pop culture, movie serials, B-movies, and things like that. So this week, we're joined with the one and only Hercules Invictus. Of course, he calls himself a proud descendant of Argonauts and Amazons, and is openly Olympian in his spirituality and worldview. I was thinking about one of the shows we talked about last week, Stargate SG-1, and it turns out, Hercules, you're telling me that you're a big fan of that show. Yes, I don't particularly care for how they uh, interpreted the uh, gods of old. They Most of them were serpents possessing human meat puppets, essentially, and some were ascended uh, beings, which was okay. But I'm a big fan of Stargate. Uh, the books, the comic books, the shows, the movies, the animation as well, that uh, it doesn't really fit in well with the other stories, but it's there. I think their special effects for spaceships going through hyperspace was pretty well done. Yes. You expect a low budget for a show like that. I mean, they were able to take the picture of the Stargate activated from the movie and reuse mm-hmm. that footage and also traveling through the Stargate from one world to another. They could reuse that footage. So that saved them a lot of money. But what did you think here about the cast difference between the movie and the TV show? So in the movies, of course, you have Kurt Russell and James Spader. Kurt Russell being Jack O'Neill, James Spader being the one and only Daniel Jackson. In the TV show... They have Michael Shanks as Daniel Jackson, and I think he was hired because he looked like James Spader, at least before James Spader lost his hair and became fat. But Richard Dean Anderson did not look at all like Kurt Russell. And I think one of the reasons they hired him is because, number one, he was famous for MacGyver. They made him an Mm -hmm. executive producer on the show to cash in on his name. But I think that was it because even the personalities of the two characters are very different. Yes, they are very different. Insistent on sitting on my lap and coughing, so <laughs> sorry about that. Well, yeah, th- that's pretty much what they did. Uh, it was a different uh, personality, but they they wove the stories together. There was an a- episode or two, actually, where they introduced his kids and explained on the television show what happened uh, to Jack in the movie and uh, uh, made sense of it. And sometimes they refer to the movie as part of the uh, events that uh, unfolded in the television show. But yeah, Richard Dean, I like him better than Kurt Russell as uh, Jack. Kurt Russell was too stiff. Yeah. I think. Richard Dean Anderson has this loose, jokey personality in real life. And so when he did MacGyver and Stargate SG-1, it was the same guy. I mean, literally, you watch him being interviewed or talking anywhere in public, and you can't tell the difference. Right. 
and he was always leaving the show for some reason, and then he'd be on it again. But he did leave for a while, and they got a new commander. It's been years since I've uh, watched them all, but I, I, lo- I love that show. One of the reasons that Richard D. Anderson finally left the show in the ninth and tenth seasons is because he had a young daughter, and he was a single yeah. father and wanted to spend time. Because, you know, when you do a TV show, 20 or 22 episodes a year, you're working 16 hours a day, it's hard to be a parent. So they hired Ben Browder to be yeah. Colonel Mitchell. And the other thing is they hired his co-star from Farscape, Claudia Black, although yes. they rarely interacted. Her interactions were mostly with the Michael Shanks character. And she became a, uh, a gold, if I remember correctly. She became Katesh, I believe. Apparently that happened off screen before she turned up. That she had once been a Gaul, then I guess was freed by the Tokra. You know, most people don't have any idea what we're talking about here. Because there's all this stuff, there's all this canon from a TV show that lasted 10 seasons. And then there mm-hmm. were sequels, there were spinoffs, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe. So there's a wide yeah. range of episodes, over 200 for the main show. And also because of the fandom that exists to this very day. But the one thing that got me interested in Stargate at the beginning was an interpretation of possible ancient astronauts, an outlandish interpretation, but still an interpretation, that they came here and they were serpents who possessed human hosts, but they had the Stargate built by a prior race and they had spaceships. So... In that sense, it was loosely based on ancient astronaut law. But let me give you the sum total of this, because we're not going to talk just about Stargate, Hercules. What's your take on the real world? Is there a real world possibility that aliens, beings from other planets or dimensions, visited us a couple thousand years back? I believe so, and I believe that they may have guided the evolution of uh, humanity. Mythology throughout the world speaks of gods that came from the sky or from space and uh, gave to humanity instruction and made humanity their servants and uh, left us with religions and civilization and all sorts of stuff uh, whose long-term benefits on us can be argued either way. Uh, But yeah, I, I believe that that's a possibility. Um, I'm not totally convinced that they were flesh-and-blood aliens. Uh, I think that they were higher-dimensional or lower-dimensional beings, because the mythology argues for that as well. They were sexually compatible with us, uh, too. In all the ancient mythologies, it wasn't genetic labs that led to human hybrids. It was sex. Well, then, even if they were ascended beings, go back to Stargate, they had to be in human form for a genetic match. Right. They had to be connected to the earth, or they had to be so evolved that uh, they'd figure out a way to get around that. But they, they did enjoy physical pleasures. They partied a lot. And uh, there's that. You announced from my description uh, in my bio that I'm a proud descendant of uh, Argonauts and Amazons. And it's true. Ever since Roman Empire days, people were saying, if you talk to a Lemnian uh, in a very short period of time, they'll tell you they're descended from Jason in the Amazons. So that holds true even today. Uh, the Argonauts went to Lemnos. Lemnos is the island of the Amazon women. 
it was the first stop actually the Argo after they uh, left the the Kolka days, and uh, I'm sorry after the Fiocco. And uh, they stayed there for around two years, so they took a big break at the beginning of their voyage. And uh, the uh, Argonauts were all either the sons of royals or they were the children of the god. And uh, they, many of them have been to the Academy of Chiron, who was uh, a demi-human. He was uh, part horse and part human, and he instructed people in the uh, royal arts and the arts of uh, being a hero. So they were human in part, as the gods were human in part. And uh, the world of Greek mythology, unlike many other mythical worlds, it can be put like on a world tree, where there's like a, an even ground where humans live and giants and dwarves and things like that. Then you have the upper realms where the gods live with other celestial beings. Then you have the underworld uh, where uh, monsters dwell in the souls of deceased uh, humans. Uh, in Greek, the realms exist, but they kind of blend in with one another. They make like one landscape rather than being separated by branches or pillars or things like that. And uh, the stories still live on today. I mean, in our culture, uh, we have television shows, we have movies, we have Stargate and other shows that kind of obliquely deal with the topic. Uh, so it's still of interest to us, and it still lives on. Okay, I want to ask you more about the possible reality that ancient astronauts showed up in those ancient times in our next segment. Our guest is Hercules Invictus, and he's a prolific writer. He's written a number of books for the various titles published by the late Tim Beckley and, of course, Tim Swartz. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to that, I'm going to ask him about one book later. But right now we are focusing on ancient astronauts and their reality with Gene Hercules and Tim Swartz. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. 
Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, when we talk about Hercules, there used to be a TV show, Hercules Invictus, back going, I guess, in the 1960s called The Sons of Hercules, where yeah. they grabbed these cheap Italian movies and they were all made by the bodybuilder du jour at the time. Gordon Scott, mm-hmm. Mark Forrest, Steve Reeves, etc. And they presented them. Now, they used to call them sword and sandal pictures. Yes. As I remember, those, they were mostly were bad. They were mostly pretty bad, but they were great, fun. Great, but bad. <laughs> yeah, great, uh, bad. They were so so bad that they were good. And uh, yeah, I remember those movies well. They were they were actually syndication trick. They took a bunch of movies that had nothing to do with each other or very little to do with each other, and uh, they came up with a theme that these were the sons of Hercules, and uh, most of them were the biological children of Hercules, and some of them were children of Hercules in spirit. And they were around in uh, various points in history, including time before Hercules was born. Like uh, there was a dinosaur one. In one of them, the son of Hercules was Hercules, <laughs> and he was adventuring with uh, Ulysses or Odysseus. 
So yeah, that that was great. I have a, a Facebook group uh, dedicated to the Sons of Hercules, and I started a club based on that concept too. The people who want to do Herculean things in the world, you know, whether they're Greek or not, or descended from Hercules or not, that they'd be in Sons of Hercules uh, club. They were largely made in Italy. They were largely dubbed. But were any of the actors who played these various roles decent as actors, aside from, of course, being muscle-bound? I'm not the right person to ask that because I love the movies. So, you know, for what they are, I can talk about them uh, endlessly. Although my memory of which uh, bodybuilder actors were in each movie is uh, gone at this point. They they were what they were, and they sparked an interest in uh, mythology for that generation, and they encouraged people to go work out, to hit the gym. Uh, when they first were being created and aired, bodybuilding was uh, considered something like marginal, and people were suspicious of it. It was kind of like on the same level as pornography. So bodybuilding's come a long way, and now it dominates in our films and uh, in our uh, health uh, books and magazines. So uh, in a way, they redeemed those things uh, beyond what the movie uh, focused on is a living story. In retrospect, I think Gordon Scott was a decent actor. He also played Tarzan. He was one of the first Tarzan actors to have the character speak in normal English, not pidgin English. Right. Yeah, he was a great actor. And you mentioned uh, earlier, before we came on the air, Steve uh, Reeves. Steve Reeves, uh, for many people is Hercules incarnate. When they think of Hercules, they think of Steve Reeves. Steve Reeves' uh, foundation or Steve Reeves International is still around, and they're pretty active. They have, like, uh, they just finished uh, completing an audio and visual museum online. So you could see thousands of stills and uh, memorabilia from the movies that Steve Reeves had made online. And it's it's an awesome resource. They've written tons of books, uh, too, And I've had uh, them, George Helmer, uh, and the others on the show that I do several uh, times. Awesome people. George Helmer's investigating the paranormal now, by the way. Aha. Tell me more. Um, We've had a a couple of conversations because, again, he's been on my show a bunch of times. So what do you call I'm going to start dialoguing with him about uh, uh, the paranormal because that's his new focus of interest. Aha. He was inspired by a show which, unfortunately, I haven't seen yet, The Shapeshifter Lodge. Or Have you seen that show? No, I don't even remember the title. Or Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. That's ah, it. okay. Now, Gordon Scott's real name was Gordon Merrill Wurchkul, is it? Sounds Polish. I, I don't recall. I'm sorry. That's all right. You know, it doesn't matter what name they used. In any case... Let's move from the actors who played Hercules and associated characters to the reality. What things would leave anyone looking into the situation to believe that we were visited by advanced beings so long ago? Well, first is the mythology. There are accounts of very similar beings uh, uh, touching base with uh, people throughout the entire world, and they seem to serve a similar function and behave in a very similar uh, manner. Um, And uh, in all of these stories, there are hybrids uh, produced, or the evolution of the human race is uh, guided 
for reasons that have nothing to do with humanity but have to do with uh, the gods. So, like, for instance, in uh, ancient Greek uh, belief, um, Zeus is revealed to be a being of light. Uh, and we know this in the myth of uh, Dionysus before he was born, in that uh, when Zeus was having relations with his mother, Hera, who was Zeus's wife, convinced the mother to ask Zeus to show himself in all his splendor. And uh, he had promised Semele, who's uh, Dionysus' mother, that he would grant her any wish. So she asked for that, and Zeus begged her not to want that, because uh, it could be disastrous, but she insisted. So Zeus appeared as a being of light. And uh, a lot of the UFO beings appear as uh, beings of light. And he also reveals that they can switch uh, shape and uh, be any shape we care them to be or that they would care to be. And that, too, is a common feature with uh, the UFO um, aliens, that uh, they're shapeshifters, and they can produce uh, cover memories of something else, like owls or deer, and the gods will turn into animals as often as they turn uh, to humans. And in the myth of Hercules, it's revealed that Hercules was bred from, a, from the generation of uh, Perseus, uh, who was also a son of Zeus. So Hercules is kind of like a double son of Zeus. And he was bred specifically to help the gods uh, during their battle with the giants, the Yigandomahia. So it, that's how they manifest in Greek mythology. But every nation has its tales, and uh, these motivations uh, pop up uh, a lot. They, they seem to be related to us in some way, in that uh, because they interbred with us, uh, I don't, I'm not a scientist and I'm not from outer space, at least that I know of, uh, so I can't tell you the, how this was done, but it, it is something that's recurrent in mythology. And although there was contact in the ancient world uh, between people, and they had ships and they sailed the world, and the Phoenicians especially did that, and some of the elements of Greek mythology were borrowed from the Phoenicians, I, I really think that the information is spread very diffusely, too diffusely to be uh, the product of uh, human Im imitation. And the gods are also tied to uh, space through their uh, being named. Uh, the planets were given their names. So in our calendar, we have uh, Sunday being the day of the sun, Monday being the day of the moon, Tuesday being the way of two, who is uh, a Norse uh, god, or Tyr, he's also called. And uh, he, they corresponded to him with Aries or Mars. Uh, then we had uh, Woden, which is, he gives his name to Wednesday. Before we go to more equivalents, we got a break with Hercules. Oh, okay. Gene and Tim. Yes, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. 
Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. Ukraine has given Russia a win. Troops have withdrawn from the frontline city of Adivka to avoid being surrounded. The battle for that industrial hub has been one of the bloodiest of the two-year war. Meanwhile, Russia trying to develop a nuclear space weapon that would destroy satellites in orbit around the Earth with a massive energy pulse. The technology is being called a nuclear EMP, basically a pulse of electromagnetic energy in highly charged particles that would disrupt satellites that control cell phones, TV, the Internet, just about everything. Former President Donald Trump was very clear about how he feels about the order to pay over $350 million in his New York civil fraud trial, calling it a witch hunt. Corey Myers, USA News. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker we have great rates for you as well at the term lifeline we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above so if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance call right now for a free quote rates and availability may vary by state sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 800-430-1891 that's 800-430-1891 Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We had to rudely interrupt Hercules Invictus, describing the gods. Tell us more. 
So we're up to Wednesday. Wednesday is Woden's Day. Woden is also known as Odin. And the Greek correspondence the ancients made was to Hermes or Mercury. Uh, then you had Thursday, which was Thor's Day. And Thor was equated with Jupiter or Zeus. Then we had Friday, which was either Freya's Day or Frigga's Day. And she was associated with uh, Aphrodite or Venus. And then Saturday, they left in the Greco-Roman, that's the day of Saturn, or Father Time, or Kronos, as he was better known. And uh, then Sunday, we're back uh, with the sun and so forth. And the cycle goes on and on and on. So the associations with the planets were there. In the Homeric hymns uh, to Aries, Aries driving his chariot through the sky. Now, planet means wanderer. And uh, planets were like stars, except they were brighter, and they didn't stay in place. They moved around. The planets uh, have the names associated with the gods. And in modern occultism, where you have uh, the keys uh, um, that are used in occultism, this is one of the keys. It equates to the number seven, because the ancients believed that there, there were seven planets. And planet means wanderer, because uh, if you look at the night sky, you have some stars that are fixed like the constellations are there, they wobble a little back and forth throughout the year, but they stay there for the whole year. And then the, there are other lights, which uh, the ancients called Astra Planita, which means wandering stars, that seem to have volition and seem to move around. So the key for us uh, reflects in our days of the week, as well as the seven classical planets that the ancients knew about. So you have Sunday, which was sacred to the sun, you had Monday, which was sacred to the moon. You had Tuesday, which is named after Tu, better known as Tyr uh, in the Northlands. And uh, he's equated with Aries or Mars. Then you have Wednesday, which is Woden's Day or Odin's Day. And he was equated with Mercury or Hermes. Then you have Thursday, which is Thor's day, and Thor, because he was a lightning and thunder god, was equated with Zeus or Jupiter. Uh, then you have Friday, which was Frigga's day or Freya's day, depending on who you ask, uh, but that's the goddess of uh, marriage and sexuality in the north, so the equation was with Venus or Aphrodite. And then Saturday is Saturn's day. And Saturn was uh, the Greek uh, Kronos, uh, better known to us as Father Time. He was referred to as the Most High because in their understanding of the orders of the planets, his was the furthest out. So he was the highest planet. And then past the planets uh, the, the, and the stars, there were seen to be like a bowl with uh, shiny things on them or holes. Uh, beyond that was the Pleroma, which was like a different dimension altogether. So in the earlier writings, the uh, names of the uh, planets in Greek were different. Uh, they were like shiny and bright translations of words like that. Uh, but the Babylonians were the first to assign them uh, specific gods. And then this became a Rosetta Stone for understanding uh, the different pantheons throughout uh, uh, the region, in and around the Mediterranean and beyond it. So when Greek or Roman merchants or um, priests or anybody really who had an interest in uh, making relations with foreign people, uh, they would in initially see who the planets are named after, tell them which gods were the same in their culture but might be wearing different guises. 
So they used that to establish communication. So you had somebody who threw lightning bolts and thundered. Then you had Zeus or Thor, and that was the equivalent. So these equivalent tables uh, survive to this day. And uh, even though they look kind of boring and uh, incidental, they actually contain great truths because you can equate how things are connected with each other. And these myths uh, of the days and the planets and the constellations are also tied into navigation. So if you knew a particular story, uh, you might be entertained by it, but the numbers in the story and the locations in the story uh, provided you with navigation to get from place to place. So that was the secret of the uh, the merchants who sailed. So um, that's the connection with uh, space. And also, when you went to heaven, literally, you were placed in the sky as a constellation. So Hercules was said to have ascended to heaven in fire and smoke, uh, and he's in the sky as a constellation. Um, Perseus, his uh, grandfather or great-grandfather, uh, also, uh, he was so heroic that he ascended into the sky, so there's a constellation. So uh, if you became immortal, you were literally in the heavens looking down at people, so that's how you knew you made it to heaven. Of course, then, we'd have to have eight billion places there. Eight billion stars. Oh, we have lots of constellations. Sure. <laughs> sure. Ah, to think you turn out to be a star, you know, like you could be a star or a song like that. And then, of course, you have planets orbiting you. Right. And those are wandering stars, too. Those are the children of the gods and uh uh, eventually, though, you might, if you live in the, see the Greeks had a different uh, afterworld uh, experience. Uh, there were different heavens, so there was the glam heaven. So there, you didn't really have to be good or bad. You just entertained the gods. So if you're on the world stage, regardless what you were doing and entertaining the gods, you went to glam heaven. It was like uh, heaven. Uh, remember the Weekly World News. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so imagine if the Weekly World News people were uh, the architects of heaven. That that would be that heaven. Then there was a heaven if you were an initiate of a mystery religion or an occult order. There was a special heaven for you, too. And then if you're a good person, if you managed to remain a good person for three lifetimes, uh, then you'd go to the other Elysium. And only special people went to the Elysiums. Most people went to the uh, fields of Asphodel, where they would forget. So this is thought to be harsh, but it was actually a blessing, because you were able to let go of all the things that tormented you in life. So that's where most people went after they died. Um, but these weren't separate worlds like they are in the World Tree or the Tree of Life. Uh, again, it all blended together. You can go into a cave and wind up in the underworld. Uh, you can go to a distant island and find your way in the uh, underworld. It was much more organic and blended together. So it didn't really involve leaving the world that you were on. They all kind of blended together into one whole. Now, how would you define underworld? It sounds almost like Richard Shaver's caves. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the underworld, it, it's a shamanic uh, device that's uh, pretty universal. Uh, shamans uh, uh, put themselves into like a trance, or they take drugs, or they listen to drumming, or you know whatever technique they use, and they bring their consciousness to a hole in the ground, and then they go down and follow that hole until they get to other worlds. So the underworld, although... 
uh, as organic as the rest of the Greek mythology and its connection to other realms, uh, still had distinct places. So you had the Asphodel Fields, uh, you had the Plain of Judgment, uh, where you went there uh, to the Plain of Judgment, and then they decided where you went from from that point on. And it was Minos and his two brothers. Minos, uh, of course, the king who of Crete, who gave us the legend of the Minotaur. And then you had uh, Tartarus, which was a place of torture. So the people who displeased the gods uh, wound up in Tartarus, and you had things like uh, Sisyphus, whose job in the underworld was to push a rock up a mountain all day long, and then when he got to the top, it would roll down and get to do the same thing the next day. Sounds like uh, most pe- how most people feel about their work jobs, you know, their day jobs. Uh, then you had uh, um, the underworld uh, where uh, people who were put aside by the gods as a special reward... Uh, and that was a bright and cheery place uh, inside uh, the underworld. We'll go back to bright and cheery and not so bright and cheery with Hercules. And Gene and Tim, you're in. The Pericast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with where the residences of the gods, underworlds, all sorts of myths, legends, and reality, possibly. Hercules, go on. So you can go to a number of different uh, places, and these places were accessible throughout the known world. In fact, uh, they knew, like, like if you died, if you were famous or, you know, you were special to the gods in some way, uh, either Hermes would come take you, or Thanatos, the titan of death, would come take you and escort you, uh, or Iris might take you. So, but somebody would be sent by Olympus to take you uh, to the river Styx. And you pay Haron the ferryman to get across the Styx and to go to the Plain of Judgment. And the Plain of Judgment, you had to wait online to get there, and Cerberus was there, the three-headed giant dog of Hades. Cerberus, by the way, means spotted or spot. So Hades' dog was named Spot. Uh, after you judged, you went to one of uh, several uh, underworlds. Now, what if you didn't have money to cross uh, the river uh, into the underworld? Then you got stuck here, and that's why hauntings happened. Uh, and back then, they didn't have telephones and computers and mail service and things like that. So somebody might have gone off on a merchant expedition or as a soldier and died, and nobody knew that because there's no way of communicating with them. 
so the rites and the rituals had not been uh, performed and coins had not been given so the person can gain entry into the land of the dead. So uh, they would go haunt their family. And then if the family was experiencing haunting phenomena, they would wonder if somebody they haven't seen or heard from while had died and they performed rites. And then that would help the person get to Erebus on the other side. But there was an Erebus on this side of the river too. So if you couldn't pay and you got stuck here, and you could be stuck here for up to 300 years, some say 100, but for, for quite a while, that's what explained all the ghostly phenomena. So in our culture, we have usually you get stuck here if there's something you didn't accomplish or you didn't say, or you experienced something extreme and you're kind of stuck in a loop. In their culture, it was a matter of ceremonies and fees for the ferrymen. So they experienced the same phenomena that we did, but their interpretation and their way of dealing with it was uh, very, very uh, different. It is interesting, though, how many other societies around the world have uh, a very similar concepts of the underworld after you uh, passed away. And, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and we still have it today, you know, with the idea of, of hell. But in a lot of these ancient societies, I mean, they're really, with the exceptions that, you know, you've been giving, though, I mean, there really is no heaven and hell. There's just an underground realm where most people went. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that, Oh, the uh, South American uh, civilizations, and I can't remember which one. It could be the Maya. Their whole pantheon of gods and, and other realms involves the underground. Yes, definitely so. And uh, that's uh, true in like the earliest religions that we know about, which are shamanic. There were the bright realms in the, that are in the sky, and then there were the dark realms that were underneath uh, the ground. Uh, and then we live kind of like in the middle. So uh, we could be touched by heaven and we could be touched by the, the other place uh, when we're here in the middle. And we're susceptible to the influence of uh, both. The, the, see, words change too, like the word noble and the word gentle. Noble, they, they're, they're good things to be gentle and to be noble. But if you're living in the Middle Ages, if you were gentle or noble, uh, and gentle comes from the gentry, which are the landowners, uh, and noble comes from the nobility, you could be abusing your villagers and decapitating them and doing all sorts of horrible things and still be noble and gentle. So hmm. that's an example in English. Uh, in uh, Greek, unfortunately, the word daemon became the word demon. And all the intermediary spirits that were part of their angelologies and their demonologies uh, became uh, bad and uh, not healthy. Where in antiquity, uh, demonists were kind of like people. There were some good, some bad, some both. They categorized them by how inimical they were to humans, demon, uh, which means kind of like innocent uh, demons were good to humans and kakodemonists were bad to humans. So it wasn't so much a judgment on their nature toward other things or, or among themselves. It was just basically in relation to human, how likely they are to be uh, dangerous. So like a cobra would be bad in its relations to humans or a huge bear that's hungry. But that doesn't mean that within nature they're, they're, they're actually evil. The ancients had that view, rather. And uh, angels were a form of daemon. They were a, angel means a messenger. So if Tim says, uh, gives a letter to Jean that uh, was addressed 
Gene and uh, Tim seem to just get it from the mailbox store early, uh, Tim would be an angel by the ancient definition. So anybody who conveyed messages was an angel, not uh, heavenly beings with wings that were close to the highest divinity, although that could be true as well. So when you're reading, this is what I'm spending whatever time I have left uh, on the planet, uh, <laughs> trying to systematize a little bit, uh, is that if you read a lot of the ancient material from uh, the perspective of today, they don't communicate what was originally intended. So, yeah, what's interesting about what you're telling us before we go on is that the world's religions have a core reality that transcends the differences. Right. And, and, and that's, that would lead one to believe that they're all based on a single series of events or myths over the years. So how do we trace those origin points? People have been doing that since comparative mythology and even before the, the concept of comparative mythology uh, sprung up. Uh, well, let's let's say that something catastrophic happened to our world, and we were pushed back into the Stone Age, uh, so to speak. Um, one example that comes to mind of uh, the diffusion of mythology is uh, right now you have comic book mythologies proliferating on the planet. So everyone everywhere knows about the Incredible Hulk and Captain America and Superman and Batman and so forth. So since they wouldn't have television, they wouldn't have computers, they wouldn't have contact with people far away, they'd still have to entertain themselves, and they'd entertain themselves with stories. So Batman and the Hulk and Superman and Spider-Man and, you know, whatever, Conan, uh, would, would figure in these stories because those are stories that were um, in their ears at the time when they were younger, when the time when the world was uh, different. So people would wonder how uh, a green monster that transforms, um, you know, was in stories in India and in stories in Egypt and stories in Greece and stories in the United States. Uh, how did these stories get around? Maybe it's something in our collective uh, subconscious that uh, we have these patterns and they manifest in different ways. Uh, maybe uh, people were in contact with each other. Uh, they were they were merchants, uh, and they exchanged stories as well as goods and uh, things like that. So I, I, I suspect it's a little of this and a little of that. Uh, in uh, the writings of Plato about Atlantis, the lawgiver Solon, who's given the information about Atlantis uh, by the priest of Sais in Egypt, the, Greek, the priest told uh, Solon that the Greeks are his children. They don't know how many times civilizations have risen and civilizations have fallen, and all that's remembered are fragments. Um, I remember when I was uh, growing up and reading about the shaman and other cultures and so forth, uh, scientists um, or anthropologists uh, would seem to take delight in pointing out that uh, the ancient uh, Aboriginal people thought that you could communicate with crystals and that uh, uh, you could see things that are far away and uh, so forth. And it seemed funny, but it's not so much uh, difficult for us to see that because we live in the age of information, which is based on crystal technologies to a great degree. So it's not an easy uh, question to answer. It might be memories. We might like. I think uh, there might have been a civilization that uh, we're uncovering bits and pieces of a civilization that was global, 
that would account for some of the uh, similarities that you have. Uh, there are in um, South America depictions of Hercules. He's, of course, not wearing a lion pelt, but he's wearing a jaguar pelt. But he's holding two snakes in one picture. He's fighting a multi-headed snake dog in another picture. And these are right out of the Hercules uh, legends. I believe uh, uh, the Mojica shards, they're called. So th- th- there's so many mysteries. And uh, life might not give us very many answers, but it certainly gives us the most interesting questions. We'll have more with Hercules, Gene, and Tim. So much more. You're in the, the Petacast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. 